So, um, Bryce or Reese asks, uh, whenever I hear or learn a new teaching of da uh, Dharma, I find a deep feeling of peace and tranquility. Um, sometimes this wanes, though. Is this normal? Um, how can I learn to maintain this for longer? My reason I wanted to answer this one first is because this is exactly what got me on the spiritual path. This exact experience. So it must be incredibly common out there. When I was 16, you probably well heard the story and are bored of it by now. Um, I was in a Humanity Challenge and Change class. Well, it really has nothing to do with the story, but it was a senior class. So I was in it early. It was a class that senior high school students would take. Uh, for senior high school students, that junior high school students would also take. So there were a couple of juniors in this class. Um, and I was one of them. And I sat in the, was sitting in the middle of the class, and these two senior students, one of them passed a book that threw me to another one. And on the way back, I looked at it. And it was the Tao Te Ching, a interpretation by Stephen Mitchell. Um, and I opened it, and the first, just some random page, and the first thing I read from it just totally blew me away. It would just change my life. Because, you know, I had been looking, you know, when you're young, you're wondering why and, and what is the purpose of life, and you're starting to think about spiritual things and thinking about um, you know, ways of, of, of bettering yourself, or ways of finding the truth, and so on. Often have kind of high spiritual goals that usually get trashed in high school. And drugs and alcohol and women and romance and so on. But uh, this this really was like I found it. I found what I'm looking for, and it brought me this incredible sense of peace and and tranquility. And so I became Taoist at that point. And that's what led me on the spiritual path. Uh, for the next five years, no, four years, I would keep this book with me. I eventually went and bought my own copy. I would keep this book with me and I would open it up. And I remember sitting at university, and I was like 19, three years later, sitting on a bench reading this book and just finding this wonderful sense of peace and tranquility. And then having it disappear, having it wait, as you say, you're sitting there, read it, or you 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 learn the new teaching. Oh, it brings you such peace and happiness, and then it disappears. And then you think, how? This is the question you have: How can I learn to maintain this for longer? So, th this is just background how I can relate to this question. The answer to this question is that it's not the path. And it's it's not, um, and it relates back to what I was just saying about happiness in the last video. Is that this is what makes us take on the spiritual path? Is this the desire for happiness? This is what makes us take on any path. The, you know, the reason why someone tries to find success in the world, becomes a business person, or or becomes a doctor, becomes a teacher, becomes a lawyer, is in some way because they want to find happiness because they find happiness from helping other people or because they find happiness in money or they, they think this is going to make them happy. So the spiritual path is the same. We, we take on the spiritual path thinking it's going to bring us happiness. 
the secret is that it really doesn't. It helps us give up our desire to find this idea of happiness, which is really interesting. Uh, really hard for people to accept, I think. I mean, you, you never want to think that you have to give up happiness. Because obviously we do everything for happiness. But this is really the secret of, of the spiritual life, is, is giving up this thing that we call happiness. Um, giving up this, the stress that comes from trying to find something that doesn't exist. Something that is not possible to exist. That, that is an idea of something that is made up of completely different things. The idea of this being happiness that is made up of things that are not unhappiness but are, are, are not satisfying, cannot bring any, you know, it cannot be spoken of. They arise and they cease and they're all mixed up and they're all, you know, in sequence you see something, it brings a moment of pleasure, the moment of pleasure brings a desire for it, the desire brings you know, thinking about it, how to get it and so on, and, and totally lost and in striving for things and the work that we have to do and so on in order to get the things we want. That in the end, it's this desire to, to increase this peace and tranquility that is going to eventually help you to realize that even the greatest, as the Buddha said, even the greatest feeling that you can possibly have, which is the jhanas, the, these, these tranquility meditations, even these are, are impermanent. The, the the good thing about them is that they bring you states of, of peace and, and tranquility and the practice is to, to attain them is the practice of samatha meditation so the danger, the problem is that they're impermanent that they don't last but actually the truth of them, the ultimate reality is that they're impermanent they're unsatisfying and they're uncontrollable or you say they're impermanent and they're uncontrollable therefore they're unsatisfying you can't, um, you can't control them. You can learn to maintain them for longer, but that's only going to increase your delusion. It's going to only increase the idea that they are yours, that they are controllable, that they are maintainable, that they are somehow happiness, that they are somehow making you more happy. The pleasure that you gain from them is real, but is meaningless, is, is, is not true happiness. When you finish, you're not happier. You're not a more peaceful, a more content person. This is the other thing I learned on the course that, that was related to that, is contentment. How discontent, um, even, even on a spiritual path, you can become. How you want more, how you want this, how you want to do that, how you want to teach people, how you want to build a meditation center. Uh, generally, he, he was talking to uh, Rakita, this other novice who joined us, and Rakita was saying he wants to go back to England to teach, and Ajahn said, do it without wanting. If, if, you know, we teach people just because uh, you know, it's to, to pay back the Buddha's, uh, the Buddha, or to, to respect the Buddha's intentions for people to learn, learn the teachings, or to respect people's intentions to want to learn, but we should do it that in a way that makes us that that is comfortable for us, we shouldn't make ourselves suffer, go out of our way to to, to you know to suffer in order to you know, spread the Dhamma or, or or spread Buddhism or so on. But we should do things for the purpose of making us, the purpose of our own happiness. And because this is what everyone should, everyone wants. We want to be happy. Right? And he didn't say for the purpose of our happiness. But this is what got me thinking about this, is that, you know, really, why are we doing things? 
why are we um, why, why are we chasing after chasing after worldly things or or why are we even you know, building a meditation center why are we teaching people and so on and it makes you, you know, why do we live our lives and, and this is the point is that we live our lives because we want to find happiness and the realization was that really the, this teaching on contentment is, is is so very important to remind ourselves that um, this is this is not the way to find true happiness. This, this discontent of always wanting more and needing more, and, and not just being content with what is here and now. Right? Because here and now we are all sitting in this room, but our minds are creating things, wanting more. I mean, I want to explain to you what I'm saying, and so on. Right? And this is, uh, I want you to understand what I'm saying. Right? And so I'm, I'm no longer content here and now. And discontentment is the, the you know, really, the, you know, talked about this part, is the key to finding what you might call true peace and happiness. It's the contentment with things as they are. And it's the, the, the peace of letting go of, of any search for happiness. So, the short answer to your question, and I hope others will jump in and have, still have something more to say, is uh, that, that the this isn't the point to learn to maintain it for longer. The, it's normal that this happens and it's natural that it happens because this is the nature of things. And the answer is not to try to maintain it for longer. The answer is to let it be and to become content with things as they are. I remembered uh, being in one retreat, not this one, so much. Uh, being in, in a lot of noise, being in, in a lot of in a meditation retreat, unfriendly environment, uh, and meditating so much that um, I, even in this environment, could find peace and tranquility. And um, I found this is like being in the eye of the hurricane. Like, and and this became became something that that I understood or or how how I can uh, explain. Um, uh, peace that uh, you you won't find peace because it's it's not existing in this world. Peace is, is an idea that we have uh, uh, or an experience that arises sometimes um, but mostly I think it's, it's a wanting and, and the idea of, of, of a feeling. <coughs> and um, when you, as Bhante said, learn to let go of, of the wanting and when you learn that it doesn't matter when it wanes, or it, that it even doesn't matter if it's not there at all, that peace within you, then you can feel that kind of in the eye of the hurricane. Everything moves round fast or slow, 
however it moves or however it goes. But the peace is just there in that moment within you. And um, this only comes when you let go of, of the wanting of it. And the, uh, this comes from the acceptance of what is going on around you and not to go against what is happening around you. So um, the, the, the wish to keep it is the one thing that prevents uh, the peace to last longer. But I think that is what I'm to say in other words. So, um, Nibbana is what comes, of course, into my mind. Talking of peace, and um, this is probably the only thing that, as long as it lasts, is peaceful, really, truly peaceful. I think just kind of saying the same thing, probably both of you said <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in another way, this uh, um, kind of, especially on courses, I guess it becomes really apparent that even really um, sort of sublime states of peace that arise, uh, it's like, um, it's not a stable platform to, to sit on. You can't trust, I can't trust any a real um, state of mind that I'm aware is arising, uh, is going to last. So I've become very um, sort of distrusting of feeling like, oh, this is, this is safe, this is good, this joy, this peace, uh, this calm. Because um, it, you know, it has the the two sides, like the the that mask, the happy sad mask, or like the the dark and the, the lighted side of the moon. Sometimes, uh, you know, being on the light side of the moon, forget that there's a dark side, even though it's there, uh, and it just keeps. And so, it really, it's almost like. Uh, more peace have, has come from just trusting that I can't trust that this peace is worth holding on to as something uh, real and something that I can have, take refuge in. Um, so just kind of letting go and taking more refuge and noticing that, okay, this too is not going to last. And, and uh, just being mindful that 
as pleasant or unpleasant. I mean, it's actually kind of depressing to think, oh, all this happiness, this peace isn't going to last. But when you're depressed or in, you know, a total state of despair that seems completely unshakable, it's actually quite uplifting to remember, oh yeah, <laughs> this isn't going to last <laughs> either. So I guess that's all I have to add. I, I just wanted to add something small that, that kind of more relates to your actual question than we've been saying is in regards to where this, this happiness comes from and, and what, where its place is because on a more mundane level to explain, what, the, the problem here is that this happiness and peace is not, it's just an, a, based on, on intellectual um, acceptance of reflective acceptance of, of the truth or of the teachings of something that is wise and it's on a very superficial level the the, 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 the same sort of um, peace and tranquility is found uh, on a far more sustainable level through actual meditative, meditative insight when you come to um, when you come to see for yourself the teachings, when you come to realize the teachings on a visceral level, and when when it really becomes a part of your core, like when you know, what you're describing, what Sumedha is describing is basically nibbita jnana. It's, it's not just you know one way of explaining it is not trusting it, but the way it's more explained in the in the meditation tradition is um, losing losing passion for it or losing your interest in it, or realizing that this is not. Uh, not not as exciting or wonderful as you thought it was, and giving up that that, that desire for it, that attachment to it, and this knowledge of, of dispassion. Um, and that th this this comes from uh, from from actually seeing things as they are. This is what brings true peace and tranquility. It's what brings contentment, it's what brings patience, which brings uh, peace. And the mind will enter into a, a quite a similar feeling of peace and tranquility, but it'll be much more sustainable. Because suddenly, it doesn't matter what arises, and eventually it, this becomes more and more the case with more and more things. And as the mind starts to understand at a more comprehensive level, how the whole the whole world is like this, and it starts to give up more and more, and it becomes more and more content, and more and more able to able to be with the reality of the experience in in, in contentment without extrapolating or, or proliferating or projecting from the experience. This is what, uh, what what brings true and lasting peace and tranquility. So there is something to be said about true peace and tranquility that is deeper than what you're experiencing and, and this is was the problem with me we getting trying to get it from this book is you know it, it's really superficial and it's like yeah yeah but, but you know you're only getting it on a very superficial level and it's not really sunk into your bones based on intensive practice and realization to the point where the mind really undergoes a change i mean reading the teachings and learning the teachings is a great thing but you have to understand that that's a very superficial part of what we're doing Many people misunderstand that and end up reading and, and listening to so much, so many teachings and never actually practicing. And so as a result, good feeling comes, disappears, comes, disappears. It's very superficial and it's very unstable.
It's like a drop in the ocean. So you get that peace, but then the rest of your mind is, is totally acting contrary to it. Once you see it intensively, again and again and again, eventually it really permeates your whole being. And then your mind becomes much more. I mean, it also has to do with the experience of Nibbana and so on. I think that's basically an important thing to talk about. The best way to do this is Well, we've been talking a lot about this one question, huh? But, um, I mean, it's, it has to do with expectations, too. It's like we took a picture at the end of this course that we just went through. It was quite intensive for all of us. And then you think, okay, now we came to the end of the course, we should, you know, should be all looking very happy now. And you look at the pictures afterwards and you think, my goodness, these four people look like they've gone through hell. And um, that's wrong expectation, whatever that is. I mean, meditation is, is also like measuring. Who's saying, I'm, I'm happy now, when, when am I unhappy? It's the same like with heat. Having these robes on, I feel I feel always hot. I always I'm always sweating. You know, I see Bante here. He's always sitting there cool. He never seems sweat, and we've been running today through Chiang Mai in the morning. And so I mean, it's the same temperature. He just feels different than, than I do with the with the heat. And um, it's the same with happiness. It's like uh, you know, I'm saying now I'm un I'm unhappy. When am I happy? So this is. A, for me, the question sometimes, and the thing with the expectations, and having seen this picture was really like another shock. It's like you know, expect to see more oh, happy thing. creatures, and you were not. Imagine Tom was looking like you know, happy, but you know, it's just me interpreting. It, so that's why interesting. Yeah. Now, that's something important to talk about. I was looking at those pictures, thinking, uh oh, <laughs> put these up, and people would think, what did you do for ten days? And it's like you. Terrible. I think like you haven't seen anything. But it's so deceiving because we were really happy and that you know, we this has been such an uplifting experience. But I've had this before. People come to our meditation center and say, you know, you guys don't look happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about how you know, how this is gonna make you happy. You guys don't look happy. Right. This is why it's, it's a different uh, understanding. There's so much you you, you know you and people have doubts as a result about meditation practice, but you could never convince a meditator that they're wrong. You never say, look at you, you're not smiling. Don't you see that something's wrong with you? Like my parents tried to do when I went back home. Look at you, you're like a zombie. You don't play guitar anymore, you don't tell jokes anymore, you don't, you're, you're no fun. Don't you see? You're, 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 you've been brainwashed. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was so upset by what they were saying, but, but it, it in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, they're wrong. These people are wrong. They have no idea. You, you know, it's not intellectual. It's like you can't... There's nothing inside anymore that you could use to convince me that you're right. You know, it, there's, there's no doubt that, oh, maybe I should go back and, and, and do all those things. Because you found true peace, and you've understood the difference between peace and some state of, of happiness and some state of you know, what you're ex explaining that, that arises. You're talking about something that is freedom. What, what, we, what we gain through the meditation is, is, is called freedom. And freedom is the, really the highest sort of happiness. That there is. 